Matthew 26, verse number 31. Then said Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Then come up Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto his disciples, Set ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. Went a little farther and fell on his face, prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. He come with the disciples and found them asleep, and said unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not in temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it. Thy will be done. I want to preach tonight on something that all of us hope that we will never in our lifetime have to say that we have done. But I guess probably in some light, a lot of us can say that we have. I want to preach tonight on a recipe for failure. A recipe for failure. I want to say this tonight. I don't want to fail the Lord, and I'm sure you don't want to fail the Lord tonight either. And I want to say tonight that I believe that the Apostle Peter, of all the people in the Bible, had a heart for God to the point that he did not want to fail God. But I want to say to you tonight that even though Peter had a heart for God and Peter in his heart meant what he said, Peter ends up failing God miserably. Tonight for a few moments I want to preach on the thought, a recipe for failure. What was it that caused Peter to fail the Lord after he said, that's the last thing that I'd ever want to do. Let's bow together and pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray tonight, may you touch your word. Lord, I thank you for this Wednesday night. Lord, I know some are providentially hindered, and I understand that. But Lord, I thank you tonight for these that have come on Wednesday. Lord, I say this often when I preach meetings or hear my own pulpit. But Lord, this is the cream of the crop of the church. These people are those that work throughout the day and yet know how important it is to come to this midweek service and be charged and stirred and encouraged in the Lord. Father, I thank you tonight, Lord, that we can come to this place and we worship you tonight. And God, I pray that all of us tonight would have a desire in our heart that we would never ever be considered a, a failure in the Lord's work. Father, we thank you so much, God. Uh, Lord, for the Spirit of God, we already feel in this place. 
Lord, I appreciate tonight the good song. And Lord, I, I don't guess I'll ever get to the place on this earth why you would want to or ever love somebody like me. But Lord, I'm glad that you did. Thank you for sending your son to die for my sin. Lord, I pray now, bless this time together tonight. We'll thank you for all you do, for we ask it in Christ's name. And all God's people said, Amen. you can be seated. I want to make reference real quick tonight, and I want to say this quickly because I want you to understand this because someone may be sitting here tonight and you may be in this particular boat. I want to say this tonight. I do believe this. I preach on this, and that is that failure, it doesn't have to be forever. Failure does not have to be forever. And I think it's important that I say that tonight because there may be someone sitting in this auditorium, and you may feel in your heart somewhere. You've let the Lord down. you failed the Lord. And I want to say tonight, that does not have to be forever. Failure is not forever. Now let me say this to you tonight real quick as well. And I believe this is very important tonight. I believe we all need to understand that our desire in our life should be to serve God and to live with God. And when it's all said and done, to hear our Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou to the joy of the Lord. I don't know about you tonight, but I, in my heart, have a desire never to fail God. Amen. I can't wait. I was doing some reading studying this week. I'm not going to tell you what I'm preaching, but I can't wait for Sunday morning. And I've got a message I'm looking forward to preaching Sunday morning. I hope you hear it. I believe God's going to help us. I, I know sometimes how He just kind of throws something in me. And I was just reading through a book. And boy, God spoke to my heart. And, and I'm excited about Sunday morning. I, I hadn't even put the message together. I just got the thought. And I'm looking forward to sitting down and typing it out this week. But I'm looking forward to that. But I want you to see, and this ties a little bit in, of about uh, eschatology and future things. But I want you to see a little bit tonight on what caused Peter to fail? What is the recipe for failure in all of our lives? And it's laid out right here in our text of the Word of God. I want everybody to stand, if you would, just a moment. Stand, if you would, just a moment. I want everybody to do your arms like this. I want everybody to kind of move a little bit. All right, get on the praise team. All right, now, I want everybody to sit back down. Say, preacher, why'd you do that? It's Wednesday night, and I do not want you, I do not want you to miss what I'm getting ready to give you from the Word of God. You say, why? Because, listen, listen. You've got to understand that, as I've told you many times, the church, the church is not brick and mortar. The church is the people that make it up. And you've got to understand that you and I cannot fail God because we fail God, the church fails. If we fail God, the cause of Christ fails. And so we have to be sure that we don't fail God. I don't want you to think about somebody else tonight. I don't want you to think about how somebody else is doing. And by the way, let me just say this. There are things that can disqualify you from certain things, but doesn't mean you have to be a failure. Amen. And listen, I'm going to say this tonight. I have not changed on this since God called me to preach 31 years ago. I believe that a pastor, a preacher, an evangelist, it's where I'm at, ought to be the husband of one wife. 
I believe if a man's marriage fails uh, or his wife leaves him and he gets remarried, uh, I believe, and there are even some instances, if that all messes up and, and he can't get his life back together right, he can't be a good testimony. But I believe with all my heart that man should never stand in the pulpit if he's double married. I believe that. I have not changed on that in 31 years. I'm not going to change on that tonight. I'm not going to change on it 10 years from now. I've got good friends that believe different. That's okay. But as far as I'm concerned, I believe that. My whole thought has always been, God would never put more qualification on a deacon that is church called than he would on a man of God that is God called. And if God said a deacon ought to be the husband of one wife, understand that's someone that's church appointed. That person is not God called. A deacon is not God called. They are church appointed. But if someone is God called, certainly the qualification or to be higher. Amen. Amen. You say, well, preacher, I don't see it the way you see it. Then you see it the way you do, and I see it the way God does. And I'm convinced of that. Amen. I believe that's the Word of God. But I want to say this. Just because a person may be disqualified to fill a pulpit doesn't mean he's disqualified uh, to, teach a, to teach the Bible or he's qualified to sing in the choir. I, I don't find that in Scripture. I, I'm talking about the bishop. I'm talking about the preacher. And what I mean by that is this. God can use you. I don't like divorce. I don't believe God does. A matter of fact, when God gave the writing of divorcement, it wasn't something God was proud of that He did. Uh, it wasn't something God uh, wants God I believe uh, wants us married to death do us part but, uh, but every pastor pastors people that have been through divorce every preacher does okay who we are we pastor people who have been through divorce some of you have you may not be able to do things in some areas but that does not mean you cannot serve God you are not a failure amen, amen. failure does not have to be forever But, and I want to say this here in the next about 20 minutes if I can. I want to say this to you tonight then. What's the recipe for failure? I want you to look at it with me in Peter's life. We'll take it right by context. Look, if you would, at verse number 33 of the chapter that I've read over there in the book of Acts. Just kidding. In the book of uh, Matthew 26. The Bible says, Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. I want to say first of all, a recipe for failure is presumption. Presumption. Say, preacher, what do you mean by presumption? Peter was arrogant, showing disregard for what the Lord had said. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. One of the first ingredients of a recipe for failure is presumption. In other words, this is what it is. You see yourself as never failing God. You see yourself as above it. You see yourself in a place where you will not fail the Lord, where you can do it, where you can handle it. Friend, can I tell you this? As a pastor of 31 years, as a preacher of the gospel a little longer than that, can I tell you something tonight? None of us are beyond failure. None of us are beyond doing something wrong. I don't care how much or how often you go to church. Never presume in your life that you have got it all handled and right. I learned a long time ago that the devil, that the devil is an adversary that is consistent. 
Amen? I really don't want to give this thought away, but I'll give it away. Maybe I can do a sermon on it sometime. But if you go over the book of Job, and I saw this the other day, and I like this. If you go over the book of Job, I'll tell you what, not Job. If you go in Joseph's life in Genesis, if you go in Joseph's life in Genesis, how many of you remember when Potiphar's wife came after Joseph? you remember that? If you study the word describing Joseph, the Bible lets us know that Joseph was a very nice-looking young man. And uh, there's a biblical word for that. I was reading the other day, it's only found about two or three times in the Bible. Only two or three times did, the, did God, in the Word of God, call men beautiful in that sense. It was a word calmly, and you find in the Word of God that Joseph was one of those. But here's the thought you got to understand. The Bible says Potiphar's wife came after Joseph, and the phrase, and I may be a little off here in the King James, but the phrase says she came day by day. Day by day. Let me say this. What that means is she never gave up. Day by day by day, by day. Now Joseph ran. Joseph lost his coat, kept his character. Joseph didn't want to fail God, but Joseph day by day had to deal with it. Now I'll say this to you. Don't ever get to the place in your presumptiveness, if that's a word. Don't ever get to the place where you literally think that if I win with the devil today, I don't have to worry about it tomorrow. If I get past this, get behind me say, look, that might work good for the little TV preacher. That might work good for putting a bun on your head and rolling in the floor. But I'm going to tell you something right now. You're not bigger than the devil. You're not going to beat the devil. You're not better than the devil. Get behind you. The devil is is not intimidated by you at all. I want you to know he will attack you day by day. So don't presume. That's a recipe for failure. Soon as you start strutting. Amen. Have y'all noticed Cam Newton's not doing a lot of dabbing this year? Has anybody noticed that? Yeah, you presume that everybody's going to let you score and you're the baddest thing on earth. All of a sudden, you can't even go two yards without somebody knocking your head in the dirt. Right? Can I say something to you? Don't you get a hold of this. When you think you stand. Right? When you think you're the baddest thing that ever come along, there'll be somebody badder come along. And I want you to understand this. The devil is an adversary that never gives up. And I want you to understand this. The apostle Paul said it well. Brother, Brother Dermot, he said, I die daily. And can I say this tonight? We cannot presume that we're never going to fail God. Amen. I've been in this a long time, folks. And I'm going to tell you, I still fight the devil day by day. Anybody else? Any of you angels do that? I still fight the devil day by day. Amen. And the only way I win, the only way I win is when I die daily. When I die to myself and I realize apart from Christ I'm nothing. Amen. And in my strength alone I can't do it. But I'm glad I have somebody living in me. Amen. That can give me the strength to live day by day. Amen. Number two. Look back in your Bible. Number two. Look at verse number 40. The Bible says, And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? 
You say, preacher, what's a recipe for failure? Number one, presumption. Number two, prayerlessness. Uh, you heard me say this a long time ago, and I preached a message about prayer, and you heard me say this a long time ago, but I want to say this to you, and I want you to get a hold of what I'm saying. If you remember, I preached a message on the battle in the closet, and I talked about prayer, and I talked about prayerlessness. Can I, can I tell you this? I'm telling you, we rob ourselves of the greatest attribute we have. We rob ourselves of our strength when we don't pray. Understand that sin of prayerlessness robs us of, of what we need in a day-to-day basis. Pray before you get there. Pray once you're there and pray once you get away from it. Amen. I believe Joseph prayed before he ever got tempted. I believe Job prayed before everything fell apart. I believe John Baptist prayed before he ever was put on the Isle of Patmos. Or John, rather, the revelator, before he was ever put on the Isle of Patmos. I believe with all my heart that prayerlessness is a recipe for uh, us to fail in our lives. I believe that. Amen. You know what that scares me? If I were to take a poll tonight, I'm talking about a real poll, not a political poll. If I were to take a poll here tonight and I would ask bless you and I would ask how many of you would say your prayer life is strong enough to get you through it most of you probably will say preacher pray for me amen because we're busy right I mean you folks today a lot of you have had a long day worked your job you moms, some of you even work, come home, get supper, take care of your children, get baths for them or shower, get them ready for church, the little ones, and you come to God's house. And, and then on Sundays you may have choir practice or, or you may have children's practice or youth choir or, or you may be out on bus visitation or, 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 or you may have had a overtime during the week or whatever it was or you may just be busy being a grandma or a grandpa or, or, or mowing the yard, whatever it is. But we get so busy that we have to stop ourselves sometime and say, wait a minute. I'm not spending enough time with God. By the way, that's also ministry true. That's why the Bible says, Brother Clark, be not weary in well-doing. And do see you reap, you faint not, right? And I'm going to say this, honestly. I caught myself several years ago. You remember I talked about it, but I got to going, 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 going all the time, giving out, going and going. All of a sudden, I thought, why? I don't even feel spiritual anymore. What it was, I was doing so much of this, I wasn't doing any of this. Amen. Brother Russell and I have talked about that with the prison. You go in there and you give out and you give out and you give out and you give out. If you don't get something in, Brother Thomas Satterfield and I are going to get to preach together on Thursday morning of this meeting down in Florida. And he told me, coming down the road tonight, he told me, he said, Preacher, I'm so glad I get to go sit down and listen to some preaching. And there's going to be some great preachers in that meeting. And he said, I'm going to get to listen. And you know what? That's a wonderful thing. Why? Because you cannot, listen, prayerlessness, prayerlessness is a recipe for failure in your life. Amen. Now I'm going to say this tonight and I'm not de-emphasizing because the Bible says give attendance to reading. But I'm going to say this tonight. I believe prayer is probably the biggest part. If I had a choice of the two and I'm not saying do one or the other of not reading my Bible this morning or not spending time in prayer, I would say you missing that prayer is a big deal in your life. Big deal. But you know what? How many of us get too busy? Right? 
too busy. I didn't say you had the will of God. I didn't say you don't love Jesus. I didn't say that. See, you got to understand this. Peter was not a guy that did not have a heart for God. Peter was not a guy that didn't want to serve God. Peter was simply a Christian guy that presumed, I love the Lord so much that I'll never let him down. And he meant it. The problem was, when Jesus was going through the roughest time of his ministry, Peter was asleep. Prayerlessness. Amen. Look back in your Bible, number 3, verse 57. The Bible says in verse number 57 of this same chapter, And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him afar off into the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. I'm going to give you this. There's a third recipe for failure, and that is position. Position. Notice what the Bible says. Followed him afar off. That's elementary preaching. I've probably said it many times before in 31 years of preaching, probably even in this auditorium. But I'm going to tell you this. Listen to me. One of the ways to fail God is you start getting distant and getting farther away than you need to be. Now I'm going to say this to you tonight. Listen to me. And I'm preaching cream of the crop. I realize this would probably be more fitting for a Sunday morning on this point of the message. But I'm going to say this. These people that think they can live for God in this day and hour, in this day of temptation, in this day of, uh, of debauchery, in this day, as I was preaching Sunday night, of the way sin is getting worse and worse. If you think you can just pop in on Sunday morning, go the whole week, and everything's... You, hey, listen, I'm telling you, all you're doing is walking afar off. Amen. You need to get all in. You need to get addicted to the ministry. You need to get to the place where church is the priority. Well, I don't have to go to church to go to heaven. No, the only way you go to heaven is the blood of Jesus Christ. But I'll tell you this, if you want others to go to heaven and you want to go to heaven with joy and you want to go to heaven making a difference and you want to go to heaven not be a failure, you need to go to church regular. Amen. Amen. You need to go to church regular. And I'm telling you, that hit and miss stuff. I see people hit and miss all the time. And that hit and miss stuff. I came up the road. Not, not, everybody doesn't have church on Wednesday. I understand that. But you know what? I came by and y'all been down 40 before them big soccer complex. You go over, right, you cross the river down there somewhere. That place, every soccer field was packed with kids playing soccer. Now I understand a lot of churches have different nights and some don't even have Wednesdays. I'm not saying everybody out there is out of the will of God. But here's what I'm saying. You got to prioritize your life the best you can. And you got to make up your mind when you prioritize your life that I can't walk away from you. I can't be afar off. I preach that strongly to my daughter. I preach that strongly to Matt. I preach that strongly to anybody I know. I preach it strongly to you. I want you to understand. Uh, you know, I'm blessed. I'm in church about every day of my life. But I'm telling you, I promise you, you cannot walk afar off and be okay with the Lord. You can be just as saved, but you won't be as spiritual. You need church. Well, you know, preacher, do I really need all that church? You can't get enough church. I told somebody, would it have been great if God said you had to go to church six days and work the seventh? Wouldn't that have been good? Praise God, we'd be a whole lot better, wouldn't we? 
Could you imagine, boy, we'd be, we'd be something then. Position. Be careful that you don't walk too far away from God. Stay close to Him. You ever feel yourself drifting? You ever feel yourself drifting? Uh, let's be honest tonight. We've all felt that. When you feel yourself drifting, you start paddling close to the sun. Amen. You start getting close to Jesus. You can drift, not even know. We used to go down to the beach coast. Now that I'm a Baptist preacher, we just go down to the beach. And uh, I used to love getting out on them. You know how they used to rent them blue uh, rafts with the Riala ends? Does anybody remember them? They rent them at the beach. Down at Carolina Beach. I mean, down at uh, Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle Beach, you used to rent them all the time. And I used to love to go out on them things where the water wasn't quite over your head. It was pretty close, you know. And that was for Jaws movie, I guess. But I used, or, or I used to go out and I'd lay on that thing and I'd almost go to sleep and just lay in an ocean. And you know, you always knew because we were staying in that high-rise condo section right there, you know. I was probably 14, 15 years old. And I'll never forget, all of a sudden while you laying out there dozing, you ain't paid no attention. All of a sudden you look up at them condos and they're not even nowhere in sight. And what you didn't realize is that you were drifting the whole time. And you had no idea until you looked up. And you know what? That's a great picture of what a lot of Christian people do. We go to sleep. We kick back. We ain't paying attention. And then before we know it, we look up and we think, how did I ever get here? I've had people say that to me as a pastor. Preacher, how did I ever get this far away from God? You can drift and not know it. Amen. Amen. I want to say this tonight. This will work. The anchor holds. Amen. The anchor holds. Praise God. What, hallelujah. I know some weeds. I ain't supposed to get too excited. But I say this right now. What every single one of us ought to do, we ought to drop an anchor and we ought to anchor our soul in the house of God and the Bible in prayer. And we ought to anchor down and say, Lord, I'm going to stay right here. Amen. And them currents tug at you. Stay anchored. Amen. Number four, and this is the last one. Look back in your Bible. The Bible says in that verse 58 that I read, but Peter followed him afar off to the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the Lord. With the servants. Who's that? That's not the disciples. That is not the disciples. We know that by the conversation they started having with him. You're one of his disciples. Remember that? Watch this. Preacher, what's the recipe for failure? Presumption, prayerlessness, position, and finally, people. The Bible says he set, are you looking at this? Verse 55, uh, excuse me, verse, uh, yeah, let's go back. Verse 55, in that same hour, Jesus said, Jesus to the multitudes, are you come out as against a thief with the swords and staffs to take me? I said, daily with you, teaching in the temple, and you laid no hold on me. And so then, all the disciples, verse 56, then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Then you find Peter, and they get him there, and Peter follows afar off, and the Bible says, in that end of verse 58, and sat with the servants. He sat among them. Now don't you listen to me. And I'll say this in a way that I can finish preaching in just a few minutes because I could get, I could chase a whole pack of rabbits right here. But I won't. Let me say this. Who you hang out with says a lot about who you are. Now I'm not going to chase a bunch of rabbits, but I'm going to touch two things. Number one, we all have to be around lost people at times. We cannot put our candle under a bushel. Our light's got to shine. We have to be around lost people. 
There comes a time around lost people where if they do things we're uncomfortable, we have to move away from that. We cannot stay around that. I cannot sit on the bar stool with my buddies even though I don't drink, and they do. You can't do that. So we have to distance ourselves. We we cannot do things like that. Amen. Amen. And you say, well, preacher, I'll be honest with you, I I don't see no problem in that. Well, if you don't see any problem in that, when you're around it, what you're pretty much doing is you're condoning it. You're there. Well, I'm not participating. Let me ask you a question. If you walked in me, Peblos, and I'm sitting there at a table eating a meal, and I have two of my friends with me, and those two friends of me are drinking a draft beer, and I'm drinking unsweet tea. But if draft beer is sitting on that table, and somebody walks by, you don't think what they're going to say the next day when they see somebody. I saw the pastor at that church, and I had beer on the table. Didn't say he wasn't drinking it, but had beer on the table. Right? So if one of my friends does that, I'll tell you, you I'll never forget one time, bro, Brother Jimmy Caldwell was with us at, 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 um, at Me Pueblo's. Wendy remembers this is funny. And Brother Jimmy sits down and, and, and we get ready to order, you know, so I get on And he says, uh, uh, I want one of those uh, uh, something daiquiris, virgin daiquiris, which means no alcohol in it. I said, Not at this table, you don't. He said, Why, preacher? I said, No, no, no. Hey, he said, It ain't got alcohol in it. I said, It's got the appearance of it. And I said, You ain't drinking it here. Get some water, unsweet tea, or find another table. You say, do you mean exactly what you said? I said, exactly what I meant, and I meant what I said. Amen? Right? I mean, what are we going to do? Walk around as a Christian, have our little drink, looks like everybody else's, well, maybe, you know, I don't know if our umbrella's wicked, but you know what I'm saying. And we walk around with that thing, and we walk around with that thing, and everybody, everybody sees you. They don't know there's no alcohol in that. Right? Don't look at the floor. I'm not praying yet. We got a little more to go. Right? You've got to understand. You've got to understand that our position is going to be right, but the people we hang around. One, be careful, be careful, be careful about hanging around people that are, that are lost. Now, I didn't say you, you're going to have to be around them some. Right, Brother Dalton? You've got to be around them some. You've you got to try to win them to God. You want them to see Christ in you. Right? But now watch this. There's other kind of people that'll get you too. And that's Christians with bad spirits, big mouths, critical. Do not chase a rabbit. Do not chase a rabbit. I want to talk like Elmer Fudd. Hello? I'm chasing rabbits. It makes me very angry indeed. Marvin the Martian, by the way, greatest cartoon character that ever lived. He'll be in heaven. I want you to listen to me. When you go to a good church that has a good spirit and God bless him, do not 
hang around people that are saved, that run your pastor in the ground, your staff in the ground, the church in the ground. You say it don't affect you? Yes, it does. You hear it long enough. You hear it long enough. It is a recipe for failure. If you get around somebody with a bad spirit long enough, you'll get it. You'll get it. You live with somebody who got a bad spirit long enough, you'll get a bad spirit. You have to be sure. That's why Wendy used to be such a sweet person. That's why, listen, you've got to understand, you've got to understand, surround yourself with the right people. I won't surround myself with these better than thou art Christians either. I cannot stand these long dress wearing women that got a tongue you can't even get on this entire altar. Well, I wear my dresses long and I don't dress like a hornet and I don't look like all them britches wearing. Yeah, but you got a tongue we can't even put on the altar in the church. I ain't got time for that mess. Ain't got time for it. You got your standards, God bless your heart, it's good to have them. But if your standard means you're critical of everybody else, you ain't nowhere near right with God and all you are is a stinking Pharisee. Or you're either sad, you see. Right? I have no problem being around a man that has strong standards. If he don't watch television, I have no problem. If he don't eat, if he don't eat uh, steak, I have no problem. I think he's an idiot, but I have no problem. <laughs> Amen. I have no problem with anything. I, I have no problem if his wife wears a dress that, that's way out yonder and the train drags everywhere she goes. Never wears makeup, never puts an earring in, never washes her hair. I have no problem with it. But I'll say this, if you do those things, but all you do is walk around criticizing everybody else that didn't like you, I'll be honest with you, can I just tell you all this? I hate that more than I do carnal Christians. I do, I can't stand that attitude. That's why so many independent Baptist churches have so many empty seats. That's why so many people at independent Baptist churches flock to the, to, to the stove, the cove, and all the other things. I'm being honest. And I'm going to tell you this, and, and God forbid I'm not condoning anything, but I want you to know, this past Sunday, um, I think it was, anyway, I got a chance, there's, there's a, a bicycle group of guys that are Christian guys. I got a chance to ride with them. They wanted me to come as part of a group that's trying to reach people for the Lord. I was the only independent Baptist, probably the only King James Bible 100% guy with them. Now, don't ask me to explain all I'm going to say. But they are some of the sweetest, loving Jesus Christians. Do I believe they got the wrong Bible? Yes but they got to write Jesus. You know how I know that? We got on a bicycle ride. They didn't just stop. You know what they did? They took prayer requests. And they said, let's pray. And they began to pray for people and their salvation and pray. I'm not going to cross my T or dot every I with those guys. They know that. 
I'm not going to jam with the lamb, and I'm not even sure they do, but I'm not going to do all that stuff. God saved me away from that mess. I, I can't, if I get around it, I want to go back to it. I can still go in a restaurant and enjoy it. I mean, I go to some restaurants I know they play it just so I can go enjoy it. Well, you think I eat at Johnny Rockets for? <laughs> Amen. But what, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, understand, I'd rather people be like that and be sweet and love Jesus than I had a mean-spirited. Right? Am I preaching right? Just don't. Be careful. I told you to watch them rabbits. Don't, don't, don't stay around people like that. Right? Amen. I'm not a compromiser. I hope not. I'll be honest with you. I've changed my mind on a few things through the years. I found out they weren't convictions. At least they weren't mine. Don't get quiet on me. Huh? Y'all didn't fly in here. Right? Oh, there's some things you ain't going to budge me on. But there are some things I've learned with just preferences or somebody convinced me of besides the Holy Ghost. As soon as the pressure's put on, if it ain't Holy Ghost, right? Boy, it's got real quiet, hasn't it? We want to be so independent Baptists, and I am. I love it. I wouldn't want to be nothing else. I love my King James Bible. I love church people dressed like this. I love going to God's house and not have to duck my head when the ladies walk up in the choir. I love to be able to talk to you and I'm looking you a little bit lower than me and I don't have to look away. Amen. I love that. I love that. I love seeing men look like this on the platform. But understand me, that's not what makes us what we are. The Bible says we ought to have a right spirit. I'm preaching right. How right can you be when you've got standards in your life and all you do is criticize everybody else? How right can that be? That can't be right. You teenagers, if one of y'all ever sell out for God and go for God and then you look at the other teenagers and you always want to run them down because, well, they ain't spiritual. They don't love Jesus. Be real careful because you may be the next doormat because you don't fail. Amen. All right. 833, stand to your feet. I want to ask all of you a question. Just stand to your feet a minute. Let, can I emphasize it one more time? Be careful about the people you hang around. Now, I'm going to tell all of you this at Calvary. And I'm way past stuff like this anymore because I'll be honest with you, I drink a bottle, I don't give a rip. And it really helped me. You know, I'm, I've been in this thing a long time. I can preach. I'm not worried about having a pulpit or somewhere to preach or a paycheck. But I'm going to tell you something, and I'm going to say this to you. Don't you listen to me. Do not hang around people that run down and criticize your pastor, staff, or your church. And if you want to do that, go join where they're at. Because I don't want it in here. Am, am I bad saying that? I, I don't want that. You say, well, they're just my friend. Again, I took a, I drank a bottle. Somebody told me today, did you know you got people at Calvary that kind of hang around people that don't like Calvary? And I'm like, you know, praise God, there's a lot of people who don't like Calvary. It's going to be hard running somebody don't. But I said this, 
I drank a bottle of I don't give a rip a long time ago. But if I see your spirit change and you're in these seats, then I'll know where it's coming from. And somebody tell it on you. Somebody tell it on you. Right? You know, I'm talking about them little hag parties. Where you sit around, you know, and have fried preacher. I heard he's going to run half of them off over there. Somebody needs to come take a look. Not half yet. Are y'all with me tonight? Hang around the right people. God's got some sweet, good folks. My friend, Miss Taryn, Doug, and them that go to First Baptist Church up in um, Conover, I believe it is, up in there. I love being around them. They just seem happy. I mean, and it's good because he's an airline pilot, and you'd want a happy airline pilot, you know. But, but, but they just, you, I just love being around Christian people that seem like they enjoy being saved. Amen. Amen. It's okay. It's okay. Don't compromise what you believe. You don't want to do that. But at the same time, just be sweet. Have a good spirit about your life. When lost people do things they do, they do it because they're lost. Do you know I rode by a house up there on my bicycle and there was an old man in the yard and a dog in the yard and the old man didn't run out chasing me trying to bite my tire? Do you know who did? The dog. You know why? That's what dogs do. Now I'll be honest with you. If I know a man would have run a tire on all fours trying to bite my tire, that would have been a little bit weird. Right? Sinners do what they do because they're sinners and they need Christ. And wonder what you'd do if He hadn't saved you. Amen? Yeah, I'm going to stand on my King James Bible. Yeah, I'm going to preach biblical separation. Yes, I'm going I'm to I'm preach the gospel, hell, hot, heaven, sweet. Yes, yes, all of that. But I'm not going to hang around people that use it to whip other people. Amen. Right? Miss Amelia's daughter is looking for a church. We're looking for a King James church. Standards church. I didn't mean, we, well, preacher, are you, are you being, uh, is, is that mean? No, that's just what we are. So that's where mama wants her to go. My daughter's going to another church now. Has to. Can't get all the way home to Statesville. And she's going, but it's going to a fundamental independent Baptist church. And I, re, and I recommended it. And that pastor's feeding her. And, and I'm, it's all right with me. It's fine with me as long as you're going to the Word of God and getting fed. You're staying in church. Amen. Amen. All right. So now, I'm going to give you this. We're going home. 8.39. All right. Listen to me. Here's the deal. There ain't one of you right now in this auditorium, I guarantee you. Miss Amy here, who's playing the piano tonight? You want to play for us? Both of y'all going to play together? Okay. Listen, listen to me. There's, there's not one of you in here tonight, I believe all my heart, not one of you that want to fail God. Am I right? Would, would all of you agree with that? Amen. There's not, not a one of us in here tonight that want to fail God. I believe that. Not a one of us. I don't want to fail Him. I don't want to fail Him. But I want you to realize that you could.
Never presume that you couldn't. Pray for your weaker brother. Amen. There are some things now, Pastor Parquette, that don't bother me anymore. Because, Brother Russell, through the years, I've grown to the point that that's a bridge across a long time ago. But for some weaker brethren that are getting going, I'm really trying to quit here, but I'm preaching to the best folks I got. Listen to me. I had a fellow come to me one time, and I was pastor in Burlington. And I guess he thought I was going to chew him out. He had got saved. God had dragged, tremendously changed his life. And he come to me, and he said, Preacher, I got to tell you something. I said, all right. He said, the other day, he said, I drank another beer. First time he'd done it in months, months after he got saved. And you could say he hated to tell me that. You could just tell it. And he said, Preacher, I'm so sorry. I said, look. I said, Bridge, I crossed a long time ago. God took that from me. And I said, you would never be talking to me about it right now if you didn't know God didn't want you to do it. I said, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not condoning what you you did. But I'm telling you, I'm going to pray for you. God give you strength. That man later become a preacher of the gospel. Serving God. Preaching the word of God. Amen. Be careful. Don't presume. Amen. Don't presume. Brother Dalton is out there everywhere in the sun. And I say that with respect when I say son just as in age, but it's it's out there everywhere, isn't it? Brother Dalton been out there when he was on deputy, he'll tell you. I mean, when you got churches that ask a missionary's wife what she wears to bed, I got news for you. You keep your fifty dollars. If she goes to bed with what she was born wearing, it ain't none of their business. Because you ain't going to be coming to find out. That's nothing but a sickening spirit. Amen. Don't fall. Don't fail. Won't you ask the Lord tonight in this invitation? I pastor some wonderful people. I think some of you love Jesus to the point that you are so committed because of your love for Him. I don't want to be anywhere else. I, I, when I go in other places, I even sometimes catch myself and I have to be careful of thinking, boy, this ain't Calvary. And I know other churches feel that way too because they got churches that God's doing things. In. But I'm going to tell you this, as, as wonderful that I believe people that I pastor, and I'm saying this after you don't gave me the gifts, Pastor Appreciation Day. As wonderful the people that I pastor, I do know this. I could get a phone call tomorrow and Brother Dalton could tell me that Casey's walked away from the ministry, away from him, and that she don't want no more part of it. Now, I don't foresee that ever happening. But what I'm saying to you is, don't presume. Amen. Why don't you ask the Lord tonight to help you not to fail? Because if we don't fail Him, guess what? We're making much of Him. Amen. Brother James is going to sing for us. How many of you Christians that love God that do not want to fail the Lord maybe just want to come and say, Lord, tonight, help me day by day.
day by day. Savior Not to fail Some of you young people have made a commitment to Christ. I'm going to be a Christian young person that's going to live for God. Won't you say, Lord, help me day by day. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock where rivers of pleasure I see. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. Lord, help me to have a good testimony. Help me, Lord, to finish my race with joy. Help me, Lord, not to fail you. God, my flesh is weak. Lord, I could fail you any moment. I don't want to do that. Lord, help me not to have a critical spirit. Savior is Jesus my Lord. He taketh my burdens away. Get off of that altar with your heart determined not to fail the Lord tonight. God, to best of my ability, I'm not going to fail you. God, I sure need your help not to do it. That's a recipe for failure tonight. Hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry, thirsty land. He if you find yourself drifting, get back as quick as you can. In the depths of his if you get around people with critical spirit, get away from it. Me there with his While these are praying on the altar tonight, can I ask you questions? Is that helpful tonight? I hope it is. You pray for me. There are areas in my life, and people say I say things like this sometimes. Maybe it helps them a little bit. But there are areas in my life that I still struggle this day. And if I don't deny my flesh, and, and if I don't fight myself, then I don't know what I would do. There are times when I have to make myself put my brain in gear before my mouth opens. Because there are some things in life that touch us wrong and we just have to remember that a few words can do eternal damage. Eternal damage. So don't think you're all alone tonight. I'm just saying this, folks are praying. Don't you think you're all alone tonight? If you feel like day by day the devil comes out to you, guess what? Honey, you're not the only one. Some days are a whole lot easier because I'm not asleep. I'm praying. Watching, praying with me, Jesus said. But them days I'm too busy. The devil try to sneak in there. Amen. 
All right. Thank you, uh, Sister Zittle. Let me mention this to you real quick tonight. This coming Sunday night, uh, I'm going to do a baptism service. I believe, Brother Paquette, y'all have had one, but you may have a few more, right? Brother Justin, I know you're going to baptize your daughter. She got saved, and I told Brother Justin, I know I baptized Daniel's guy. I said, you ought to baptize her, so he'll do her. But I know, Brother Nick, are you feeling better? You'll probably suddenly be good enough to get baptized, I guess. There's several others. Uh, sister, you need to be baptized, right? Got saved down in the Burlington meeting. Um, who else? I know we've got several. So maybe if you've joined the church, haven't been baptized, or you've been saved. Who else? I'm looking. There's, there's a few more. Caitlin, were you? All right, she does. She needs to be baptized. Who's over here? Has she not? Has she been baptized since she got saved, Sister Zittle? Do you know? Okay. She, has she accepted the Lord? And so she just needs to be baptized? Okay. You guys talk to her. All right. Um, do y'all know of anybody else? I know there's a few more. Brother Brad, right? Brother Brad will be another. And I've already talked to him about that. Uh, I may need one of you guys to help me with that. Brother Brad's got that prosthetic leg and getting down that deal is kind of tough. And we, He and I were talking about how to try to work that. He's probably got to take it off because he can't get it into water. So I may need one of you guys to help me a little bit with him as he comes in and be baptized. Uh, anybody else that we know of? All right. So what we'll do, Brother Paquette, we'll have our regular Sunday night service in here. I'll cut off a little shorter Sunday night. Brother Bill will get the water ready to go, and then we'll go up Sunday night, have baptism in the other building. All right? So we kind of swap buildings. We leave this and go up to the other building. Okay? And we'll have church all day Sunday. Amen? I can't wait to get here. All right? Brother Heath, come on up here. I'll get you dismissed in prayer. Michelle is back at Operation Shoebox. Don't wait till the last minute. Uh, go ahead and let's get that done. And let me say, where'd y'all get all them boxes? Did somebody give them to us from Walmart? Great. Got a lot of them back there, right? So don't forget to get those and get ready. Operation Shoebox. I'm telling you, that little $10 box may mean something to some of our bus kids more than you could ever dream. Amen. Amen. You can put a whole lot in that little box. Amen. All right, brother, he's going to dismiss in prayer. Yes, Miss Cindy. Down in Florida. Yeah. Because I know they're talking about it's going to take a right turn made for us, but Florida's going to get hit. Could, could be pretty strong in the... What, in the um, what it was it Daytona area or before it gets there? All right. So it could be pretty hard in that area. You know, Brother Greg and him already thought about the disaster relief thing leaving from Brother Sexton's uh, headed down that way. If it were, at one time they thought we was going to get hit with three or four direct, but the Lord's uh, gracious. Well, the winds are blowing across the country and moving it that way, but uh, if God, thank God God's gracious. Because North Carolina probably deserves a good shot the way we've been lately with the Lord, I'll be honest way our lawmakers are being. But uh, God's gracious, right? Amen. Thank God we got a remnant. Amen. 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 All right. So let's do remember them in prayer, if you would, Brother Heath. All right. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the church, Lord, and thank you for these uh, standards, Lord, the principles of uh, your word that we hold to here. Father, help us to realize that if we uh, fall in love with you again, Lord, that your commandments are not grievous, but it's yes. a joy to serve you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Uh, God, help us to realize that uh, though we drift uh, like Peter, uh, Lord, you're still willing to take us back, Lord, to restore us, uh, Lord, to revive us, Lord, to touch us again. Give us a willingness to follow after you close, Lord, I pray. And Lord, I do pray for this nation. God, we're in a mess. Lord, I pray you touch our leaders during this uh, critical time, Lord. 
I pray, God, you just uh, touch our leaders again. Lord, speak to their hearts. Lord, give us direction again in this nation. I do uh, pray for the uh, catastrophe, Lord, the storms, God, those families, Lord. Uh, you're able to touch. You're, you're able to uh, change circumstances. You're able to heal, Lord. And we just uh, place all these things in your hands. Touch the families. Give them comfort, I pray. Lord, touch us now as we part. Lord, help us to be better as we go out serving you with our whole heart. God, I pray you touch us as we make a difference at Calvary. In Jesus' name, amen.